Replicants are like any other machine. They're either a benefit or a hazard. They're a benefit, it's not my problem. We don't have to be mean, because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Conan, what is best in life? Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and they hear the lamentation of their women. Groovy. Can you hammer a six-inch spike through a board with your penis? Not right now. The girl's got to have her standards. It gives her a sense of control in a world full of chaos. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in the philosophy of a ruling class, especially since I rule. You have offended my family, and you have offended the Shaolin Temple. Hey, and welcome to another episode of The Cult of Classics, the podcast that won't shove a bat up your ass and turn you into a popsicle. Yeah. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about The Warriors, a film from 1979 by, what's his name, Walter Hill? Walter Hill. Yeah. Uh, producer of the Alien movies as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck are you? My name is Tarver Alexander Peterson, and to my right is my heterosexual life mate, Liam Kelly. Hey. <laughs> All right, so opening thoughts. What did you think about the Warriors, Liam? Uh it is wild. Um there's a good movie in it. Like within all of the elements of the Warriors, there is a there is a good movie, but there's a lot piled on top of it that prevents it prevents it from really being a like, good movie. A good movie, yeah. yeah. Well, this is a cult classic, even though it did have uh, commercial success. It it made about twenty two million dollars. Yeah, um, and they said it could have made more, but uh, the IMDb trivia page informed me that rival mm-hmm. gangs um, were fighting each other at the screenings of the film. Yeah. So whenever the film was being shown, gangs in New York would uh, would would show up and see a rival gang, and then they would get into a fight. Yeah, Daniel Day Lewis would show up, and then Brendan Brendan Gleeson would also be there. Yeah. And be a big kerfluffle. That's that is a u- u- fairly unique problem for this movie. Is that it's like too popular among gang members. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was super popular. Yeah. Um, all right. So diving right into Act One. Uh, great intro. I think the intro with the train it's it sets the mood, um, and makes the train a central part of like the artistic side of the intro. But the train is a ties into the structure of the story. So I thought this was really clever to to package yeah. something that is part of your story structure. I really like seeing the map too. Like yeah, it was like map. laying out like this this is where our story is going to take place like all through here. Cuz the subway is the interlinking yes. factor for like the whole movie. As it is for uh New York. Yeah. And this is a very iconically I mean this is just it this movie is about New York City. So Yeah. In the 70s when it was a shithole. Right. When it was like a big time shithole. <laughs> when there was just gangs and crime and poverty everywhere. Yeah, I mean, not like gangs as animated as the gangs are in this movie, but like really, I mean, the, this movie was plagued by actual gang problems. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is a, this was written and created in response to West Side Story's portrayal of gangs in New York, right? Yeah. It was, it was like this, it's supposed to be a less romanticized, less goofy version of gangs, but it, to my modern eyes, some things still look goofy as hell. Yeah. I feel like like for every five or six like cool and scary gangs that we see, or like yeah. even like medium level, like like the purple pimps at the beginning, the guys who have like the mm-hmm. the, the big fedoras and the purple yeah. vests on. Like they're still like cheesy but okay. Yeah. Like for every five or six like really good ones we have, there are you see like the mimes and the baseball <laughs> and furies. the baseball furies and then at the end our little roller boy the uh, gang leader of uh, the, the punks. Yeah, the punks, aka the Billy Boy Squad. The Billy Boy Squad where everybody looks like they should be named Billy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would have been a way better name for him. Yeah, he actually looks a little bit like the guy who played Billy on uh, on Power Rangers. He does. I told you this motherfucker's name has and he got to like be him too. He looks like a Billy. Yeah. I just can't call him anything else. If you wear a striped T-shirt underneath some overalls, your name is Billy. Your name to fucking Billy. And if your hair wings out, yeah, like that, yeah. It just sits on top of your. A ears. lot of great feathering in this movie. Yeah. A lot of a lot of male feathering going on. 
we have uh, w- one of your favorite things is a lot of exposition right at the front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it to be front loaded. I love yeah. there to be no context or action happening at the yeah. same time. Well, the train's going by. So it's it's it, they do it in the intro. So the exposition is basically uh, the leader of the warriors, uh, whose name escapes me right now, Cleon. Cleon. Cleon is saying, is talking about this meeting with Cyrus and how they're, they're going to go check it out because, you know, the warriors are, are heavy heavy rep gang and they've been invited the heavy rep they've been invited to go uh take part in this meeting and and see and uh see cyrus he's already seen cyrus he's like cyrus is cool yeah but let's see if he's really all that he's the one and only he's the one and only yeah he uh the 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 couple weird things about the beginning of this movie um this is not the original beginning uh, for the movie, they originally shot. Uh, for one, instead of like what the the information that we get from the opening and the information, some of the information that we get from Cyrus at the beginning, which is like basically young male gang members in the in New York at the time outnumber the police five to one and they yeah, can take yeah. over the city if they can just unite. Which um, was a proposed original movie poster title. Yeah, and it's actually the, the description on uh, Amazon right now, um, which is inaccurate because the the total numbers that Cyrus lists at the beginning don't add up to one hundred thousand. No, they're like six. Yeah, <laughs> but that aside, there was opening narration that was actually like recorded and voiced by Orson Welles. Really, according to the trivia page on IMDb. So you know, cite your source and, and you know, take it take it for what you will. But also, the original opening was not this like sort of West End like. Brechtian theater, like two people go to each like each side of the stage, yeah, yeah. and like it's just darkness. Yeah, and yeah. they just talk to one another. No, they they shot an opening where Cleon is approached by emissaries from Cyrus, and uh, okay, he kind of like we find out that what's going on that way, and then he goes, and they we get a little bit more introduction to the gang members because he goes to each of them and tells them why they're a part of his nine. Group, there's a group of nine. Yeah, it would have been cool to maybe know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but apparently there were three teams of editors for this movie because they wanted to get it out in, in front of another gang movie from 79 called The Wanderers. So they let three different teams of people edit it. And um, the editors were saying that it was just going to look too jarring because that's the opening scene that they were originally going with was a shot during the day. And they were like, it's too jarring to just go from like daytime to... 90% of the movie is all at night, and then... Yeah, that would have been... They were right. Yeah, but... Uh, they should have shot that scene at night. Yeah, they went into reshoots and did the alternate opening instead, but I really think they should have just reshot that <laughs> that opening, that yeah. original opening, because at it was, night. Yeah, it sounds much better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that the the art in the, the, the intro here isn't great, but it's it very, is... It's very stylized. It's very stylized, and, and I like how they, they pair them off, and they, they ask each other questions, which was a... He knows what exposition is. Is yeah. the, actually the questions the audience wants to know. Um, that's how you do it. You have the you have the characters in your story ask the questions that the people reading your story really need to are yeah. really asking. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Um, the ADR in here is not great though, and and is important to note this right at the front because it is going to stay bad for the whole going, movie. It's going to continue throughout. <laughs> it's, ne- it's never going to be good uh, synced audio. No, there are multiple instances where audio is being spoken by characters whose mouths are closed. There is a snap um, when they they meet the orphans that is completely off. It's yeah, like you see off. the snap and then it's like. Like a couple seconds later, it's yeah. pretty bad. But you know, we forgive, we forgive. And then, and then we get straight into the march of the gangs. Yeah, um, all the gangs of the city are forming. Got their 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 nine representatives, and they're getting on the train to go meet up. Uh, yeah, in the park. And uh, I just want to list because some of these gang names are fucking amazing. <laughs> We've got uh, in addition. Don't to read the entire list. The, the baseball. Shit no, no, no. Yeah, there, there's the boppers, which is interesting because they refer to all gang members as boppers throughout the film. Yes. Uh, the gohards, <laughs> the hi hats, the high rollers, the imps. <laughs> The dealers, um, the real boys, who I think are, they have the, the best name. And, that would be our name. Yeah. <laughs> the Savage Huns, the Shanghai Sultans, so like a little bit on that race tip. Mm. And um, my, my favorite, uh, the, the Van Cortland Rangers. I think they get a shout out in Cyrus's speech, too. They do. They do. Oh, and uh, the Xylophones. That's great. <laughs> That's fucking great. Um, 
<clears throat> but this is a we also see the compositional aesthetic for the film being set in the March of the Gangs because Walter Hill is going to shoot wide throughout this entire movie, and which is why Big I think wide. all the audio had to be ADR, partly because of that, and because he's shooting in these echoey subway tunnels and shit, yeah. and in New York. I mean, just and like outside York. of New York. Yeah, so all of the audio got ADR, and um, <clears throat> and what I mean by shooting wide and having to do it is just it's harder to hide a boom the wider your lens is. I know it's pretty common sense, but um, it, it, shooting wide does a lot that I, I really like and that a lot of films today don't do as much is it requires um, some finesse on the part of the director mm-hmm. and it requires a lot of uh, dedication on the part of the actors because you can't hide anything. You, you, your take, you're going to see everything and you've really got to dress your set and you really got to compose your shot well yeah. to shoot wide and he does it really well throughout the whole movie. Especially shooting so many people and it's so well choreographed. Yeah. Um, when we get actually to Cyrus's meeting... I love the line where he says, miracles is the way things ought to be. I think that's just a great fucking line. Yeah. And, like, this guy, uh, Roger Hill, I think the, is the name the, of the actor. name of the actor. He does uh, a really good job. I mean, like, I, I feel like he really sells me. Like, I can dig it. Um, 100%. <laughs> yeah. The rest of his speech is a little bit of gobbledygook. But, 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 but when he says, miracles is the way things ought to be, like, that's actually a strong line. Yeah. Like, he, like he's, I'm, I'm sold on that. Um and they get a they get like this whole crowd shot is shot in cold hard lighting, which is is done the same way through the, the whole film, which I like that too. I like that they're establishing this is the way the film's going to be shot. This is the way the film's going to be look, and they're consistent throughout. Yeah, I think that's dope. Well, and it's interesting because it's like at the very beginning, you have the kind of creepy calliope music, you have the blood font, you have the yeah, like the all the weird, super dark kind of re- reminiscent of horror movie type shots, and then for the rest of the movie, you actually see everything that's going on. They're like, it's not a horror movie. Like, it's, no, it's, it's dangerous yeah. and it's thrilling, but it's not scary. Another thing that he does that that's really, what, what makes this scene work in particular is the coverage. That we start out, like, of these, like, from Cyrus's point of view, with these, like, really big super wides up high looking down at the crowd and we just see a mass of faces. Um, and there's actually, Walter Hill actually does a quick uh, Where's Waldo moment <laughs> where he, where you see, a, there's a quick shot of Luther who is the guy that is going to shoot Cyrus here in a minute? Yeah, and it's very fast. He's like crouched down on a wall. Yeah, like it's very, it's a very quick shot. AKA um, Bobo Champagne. AKA Bobo. Ch- AKA Mister Cry Cry. AKA Mister. <laughs> AKA Mister. For what? AKA Young Pointy Gin. Yeah. But I hope your ears are okay after that. But um. But what what he what he does is he goes wide and then the you know the traditional thinking is you go wide and you go in tight, and he does it as the uh, as we get more enraptured into Cyrus's speech he goes in tight but he also changes the point of view from being uh, from Cyrus's point of view to now we're in the crowd's point of view he starts take using the shots from the crowd so I think that's a testament to the editors but it's also a testament to Walter Hill for shooting it that way yeah to allow for that to happen yeah and we get a lot of great mime action. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of shots of the of the mime boys. It's so funny because like you could tell at a certain point they because they were shooting so wide they tried to kind of sparse them out throughout the right, crowd. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. anytime any one of them is in frame, it's just like oh no, there's a fucking mime. Yeah, like, you, you lock onto it because yeah. it's a fucking mime. Yeah. yeah, he's got a painted white face. He's just like trying to sit there and act normal. Yeah, while he's dressed like a French fucking mime. It's just like all right, buddy. Like you maybe y'all maybe could have sat this one out. Yeah. I, I think the 70s and through the 80s was a time. Um, it was a time of the mime. It's a time of experimentation. Yeah. A lot of things were just, a, was a free for all <laughs> for aesthetics, aesthetics and what was cool. You know, there were, you know what? I will say this too, and this is true throughout the whole movie. A lot of great race relations in Warriors. Like diversity is really strong. Yeah. Which it sounds silly, but to, to say, like, oh, blah, 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 but it's like, no, in 1979, yeah. this is a, like, Black and white people and Puerto Rican, or, or not Puerto Rican, but Hispanic people are all standing shoulder to shoulder, and they're like in did the gangs together. There's no mention. It's like they're all brothers, and it's yeah. kind of cool to see that. Yeah, I think um, originally the the Warriors were pitched as an all black gang, and then the producers like, nah, we mix it up a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty fifty fifty though. Yeah. Like, they keep it pretty 50-50. And Cleon is a badass. So, yeah. uh, fucking Luther shoots Cyrus. And that this kind of signals the end of Act One, and in the now we're going into the main 
um, story arc of the of the of the movie uh, that Luther, in the confusion, blames the warriors for the death of Cyrus um, because he saw that Fox, who is uncredited, yeah, and, yeah, at least on, on IMDb, just doesn't get credited. Saw Luther shoot Cyrus, and then Cyrus Luther like runs at Cleon, yeah, the leader leader of the warriors, and and and. And he just like tosses on the side like a fly. Yeah, and Cleon then beats the fuck out of like three of the do like the the, four or five. Yeah, like, just like whoops their ass. Which is an indication of something that starts to make the plot make less and less sense throughout. Is that which is that the warriors are tough as fuck. The warriors are. That's why they're called the. I feel like their name is really apt. Yeah. Because they are the warriors. Like, each one of them is an incredible fighter. Yeah, they well, all... Well, not all of them, but most of them. But, like, a good four or five, maybe even six of them... Six of them are just beasts yeah, of fighters. out of the nine. And there's there's nine members of each gang that are present, and they were just like, well, we just, you know, we all hit hard as fuck, so... They're all strong as fuck. <laughs> but it... it and they, they kind of mention it a few different times, like especially Ajax and um, uh, Vermin, I think, makes mention of it a couple times where they're just like, why aren't we just going to, why don't we just beat these motherfuckers' ass? Yeah. I mean, they're outnumbered usually like 30 to 9. Yeah. So it makes sense why they do it, um, why they run. And they're all incredibly fast. And they're all great yeah. in great shape. And they run all night. Like, they, they these guys run all night. Yeah. And it was all night shoots. It was all like, I think like 8, 8 p.m. to 6 a.m., like sixty days of night shoots for these dudes, and I they I think that had to be it, you. There, you can definitely see all of the members of the warriors that we see are really like kind of lithe. I mean, Lean, they're all in yeah. good shape, but like you can see, they're strong. But like they were cast because they could run a shitload. Yeah, they and look good running. Yeah, they're like, like you, you're gonna run the whole time. You have to be able to run, and people have to be able to like tell that you're because again, they're shooting wide. They're not shooting close ups of them running. Like you, they really run. They're really running from yeah. these distance from point A to point B, and they you you can tell you can tell on when somebody can't run fast. You can even tell when they try to hide it with with medium shots and close ups. Like yeah. Angelina Jolie in that Salt movie. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember when they tried to have her run fast. And I was like, she can't run fast. There's one scene that really pinpoints just how fast everybody is. It's when um, they're running from the orphans uh, after their their mix up with the orphans. They go into a building, and then it's a continuous shot. I think the camera must be on a crane. Crane pans up, and then, like, in, like, five seconds between when they enter the bottom of this building, almost all of them are, like, nope, we're one flight up, and we're all the way through. Yeah, to they're like fast the, as the fuck. Yeah, they're on their crossing a bridge. I'm like, that's just y'all being fast. That's not a camera trick. No, they did not no, cut. They didn't use any camera tricks for speeding people up that I saw. So they have to get back to Coney Island, and all the gangs in the city, uh, as well as the cops, are all looking for the warriors. The cops... The cops are looking for any gang, but the 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 gangs in the city uh, are all looking for him. Unless, and I, and I was going to save this for later, but Luther spends a lot of time talking on the phone. To who? To whom we do not know. But we can <laughs> suppose, maybe, that he was made a deal with the cops so that they wouldn't come down on his gang if he were to take out the leader, Cyrus, yeah, that could be a possibility. It is never made clear to us what what it is. His conversations do not really even tell us. Yeah, and that that doesn't seem super in line with his character because right. he's supposed to be like a chaotic evil. He's supposed to be like a Joker kind of character, yeah, like a a madman. Yeah, and he like a couple times he's even questioned by his his fellow gang members, and they're like, "What are you? Why are you, why are you laughing? Why are yeah. you doing this?" Because like, I'm man, having a good time. I'm having a good time. Yeah. It's like. Okay, well, y'all are still y'all are all in on the plan to shoot Cyrus because every single one of you touched the gun <laughs> that ends up yeah. shooting him. Like, I yeah, that there was a they should have maybe included some clarity as to what the fuck was going on with Luther, but we forgive. Yeah. All right. So yeah, there's a conference held by the new the de facto new rifts leader Masai who who gives the marching order, orders for the for the gangs of the city. And they, they broadcast this to all these gangs in a really cool, stylized way. A really, like, I'm just going to call it like a Walter Hillish way because he has a really unique way of seeing his film. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> he they do a close-up of a radio DJ with the red lighting of her mouth as she uh, kind of in a coded message basically announces that the the warriors are the ones that they believe killed Cyrus and that all the gangs of the city should be looking out, yeah. trying to capture them. Alive if they can, but they can kill him too. Um, 
and we get another gang montage here, which I'm super happy about because I'm like, all the gang montages, that's what I want. Yeah. Um, after the radio announcement, and um, there, there is, um, there's a great shot here uh, where the warriors they they run under a bridge to escape the rain, and and it's done with a wide, a wide, a wide angle lens, and they pull focus as they get really close, and then they pan over to show the left side. So it's a really well orchestrated shot, but this shot is super important because the DP. Um, the DP, uh, Andrew Laszlo, actually uh, fought really hard for this shot because he was able then for the rest of the movie to wet down yeah. every uh, scene in the movie. And he'd be which, reflecting light. Which lets light pool and reflect in interesting ways off the streets and makes the rest of the movie look really unique, which it does. And yeah. so he he did a really a, he did a really good job there. Yeah, very, very successful. And it does make the rest of the movie more interesting to look at. Because when you're shooting at night, there's not a whole lot. You, I mean, you're just like you can do things with street lights, but then if every, if you have light bouncing off of every surface, it just doesn't make fucking sense. So like yeah. wetting down the roads and and having a lot of like resources to pool light and to reflect it on other thing and create interesting shots. It was a really really good decision on his part. Yeah, and I just love that shot too. Yeah, and and, and this is really the where the I really love the beginning of this film and I love this part of the film too because now I'm really rooting for the warriors. Like yeah. I'm I'm scared for them. There, it reminds me of like Odysseus trying to get home. Um, it's it's a classic tale, uh, and and these guys are heroic figures. Like they're 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 meant to be painted as such. Like they're like even one of them's even called Ajax. So yeah, and this is actually it's loosely based on uh, Xenophon's Anabasis, um, which is an account, and this is straight from the the. IMDb trivia page. Um, it's an account of Greek mercenaries who, um, after attempting, after aligning themselves with a Cyrus the Younger um, yeah. at, in a battle, uh, he was attempting to seize the Persian throne. They find themselves isolated behind the Persian enemy lines. So, very strong connections there. Yeah, very intentional, but also great story. It's a great story. Yeah. It's a great story, and and um, it really kind of sucks because Ajax just loves saying the F word. Yeah, uh, starts with a fat and ends with a t. Yeah, and he just says it over and over and over again. Well, I think it's. I, I assume that despite his constant desire to rape, that uh, he is in fact gay. That he is in fact gay. Yeah, I can kind of, I can kind of see that too. Uh, it, <laughs> but it's just like he's the only one that says it. So yeah. it was just strange to me because like if they were all saying it, it was like the language of the gang. I would have accepted it better. Yeah. Well, he's just like he. It's like he's the bad one. Yeah. He's the dick. They, yeah. So they just compile everybody's bad qualities into him. So again, maybe the, this movie is actually really progressive. Like, <laughs> like when you think about it, it, like it 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 identifies him as being an asshole for saying the f word. Yeah. And then it also identifies rape as bad behavior and punishes him for it. That's true. He later tries to rape. It also <laughs> That's true. you know, has like a 50/50 black to white cast. Yeah. And makes it makes the black uh actor the leader. That's true and until he most, dies and yeah. then the white guy takes over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, my favorite thing about like when we first start to identify actually we immediately identify Ajax as like kind of like a dick because he says, he says the f word. Immediately, it's like one of his first yeah. lines, and then when we have our initial power struggle, every like when when Ajax and Swan are like, "I'm War Chief," and they're like, "No, I'm War Chief." Everybody just like, "Shut up, Ajax!" Shut up, Ajax! <laughs> well, he tries to he wants to fight Swan, and Swan is just like, "Okay, make your move." Yeah, he's like, "We can bop." Yeah, um, the Turnbulls are the first gang that really chase the warriors and we get this badass turnstile running like that they do throughout the movie from here on out like every time they get chased into a subway which is just it's the whole film again just revolves around subways like getting in getting off yeah happens like three four times yeah every time they just hop those turnstiles and like every there's no cutting and there's no stunt doubles like it's just these guys being athletic and running over the turnstiles which is like now, as a like heavy thirty-two-year-old man, is impressed to me when I had been, when I was young. It yeah, probably wouldn't have been yeah, that impressive yeah, to me, but like yeah. now, yeah, it looks people really just dope. be climbing shit all. The yeah, time. and they could just be vaulting. Yeah, <laughs> over over turnstiles. And That's a young man's game. That is a young man's game. I would definitely get my shit busted up. Um, but yeah, it's just it's really really cool. Um, the the the, uh, the subtle touch of the echo 
audio of them running through the station is is not missed by me, and I really like that because I know that the audio is ADR. Yeah. So I know that that some sound design guy had to be like, wait, the audio here should echo because it's like hollow so you know in there <laughs> yeah and he had to go into a subway and like throw rocks and yeah he was like wait there's a huge echo in subways there <laughs> yeah. should clearly be an echo here um would have been really weird and creepy if it had just been silent too that would have pushed it more into like the horror movie realm it would have it would have um and then and then after they escape from the turnbulls we get the start of another thing that happens every time the warriors escape we get this close-up of a guy reporting to maasai the leader of the Rifts, yeah. that they escape. But yeah. the thing that's crazy about this is they chose a guy with a mush mouth. Yeah. Like, the guy that's like, the one must gone away. They wasted them. They wasted them. They got away. Well, when they say wasted all the time, like, I have grown up thinking of wasted as, as like, killed. Yeah, killed. Like, they, yeah. they, they straight up, like, murdered people. But in this case, it's just like, no, they got away from them and then they gave, they, they did not give chase. Yeah, <laughs> like that's, they're just like yeah. they got you know ten feet away from them. And they they fucking to wasted them. Yeah. <laughs> they wasted them. Like with the orphans, when they run away from the orphans, they just straight like they they blow oh, up a I car. Love the orphans. They blow, yeah, I love the orphans. Can we too. just talk about the orphans for a second? Because because <laughs> the orphans are the are the gang that gives us our great our female character Mercy. They yeah. basically take them from them. And the orphans, they describe, like, as they walk upon them, there's, like, they're, they're so low, they're not even on the map. Yeah. Like, and these... then Masai confirms that later yeah. on. Like, when they tell him they got away from the orphans, he's just like, they're not affiliated with us. Yeah. <laughs> Little bitches. <laughs> Little bitches. <laughs> they, they're this group of just, like, grubby. Dirty. Dirty, nasty dudes. And then their leader is, like, got one wonky eye. Yeah. And, and 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 he gets offended as they parlay with him. He's like, "Are you trying to say the orphans aren't hip? Yeah. You're trying to say we're not with it?" He's <laughs> like, "Look at this, man. We got a heavy rep." And like, <laughs> it's like, "What you fucking? You called the orphans? Like, yeah, what you're are you? Co- you're the, and then the, the greatest thing is that they're like, man, like we heard from like our youth guy counselor that that y'all are bad. And they're like, we don't got one. What's that? And he has like a mustache, yeah, and like, he's clearly like 25 at least. At least I'm like, you're not." In a youth program anymore? No, you're obviously. A, you grown man. You grown man. Like, where are your kids? Yeah. I know you got at least two. And you, you got to quit calling yourselves the orphans if people want to take you seriously. Yeah, it's like, what are you, the fucking scamps? Yeah, <laughs> we're the scally. We're the vagabonds. <laughs> like, we're the music buskers. <laughs> Don't fuck with the buskers. Nobody fucks with the best. And and I I love we, from the orphans we get the line you see what you get warriors you see what you get warriors <laughs> you see what you get when you mess with the orphans which is echoed years later in season four of Scrubs by Turk yes when he says it to Carla you see what you get Carla you see what you get when you mess with the warrior <laughs> my favorite line all time of Scrubs of TV yeah <laughs> but you have the Warriors to thank for that yeah I do because you wouldn't have had that line without we this we have the Warriors to thank for a surprising amount of shit like yeah, the it's, fucking it's important the, the, the baseball uh, what are they called Furies the Furies the f- Fivesies <laughs> baseball Fivesies because you can't read cursive I can't read cursive <laughs> so I thought the back of the baseball Furies t-shirt said Fivesies so I was like why wow, that's weird they, um, <laughs> you didn't think anything, you didn't think that was lame at all oh the main guy apparently was a big inspiration for Marilyn Manson because he looks like him and he's got he like does, the, the kind of kiss painted face like he lo- I was like who does he look like and then you know IMDb trivia told me yeah well I I thought he looked dumb and goofy as hell but I guess yeah. one young talented musician thought that well, he looked like something cool but he, was, he probably was just like he looks like me I'll do that now yeah he did look like him yeah yeah um, I love that when we get Mercy, she she is trouble. We know that she is trouble because she looks like trouble, yeah. and they say she is trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, she has no bra. What about me? Give me a vest. <laughs> Come on. Yes. She's pretty bad yeah. right here. She gets better, though. They give her more, you know, yeah. en- engaging well, she, lines. Well, she her talent increases because she has more to draw on as an actor because she faced great adversity great over adversity. the course of this movie. She fucking got hit in the face with a bat and had to get stitches. She broke her wrists. Like, she had a hard time. Sacrifices were made on her part to get the Warriors finished. Yeah. So the Warriors escape the orphans, and then they get split up and at the um, next stop on the train station because a bunch of cops chase him. And this is where Fox gets killed. Um, yeah. And nobody sees Fox get killed. They never address it again. Just yeah. like they never address Cleon 
getting captured, but I guess killed in the beginning, which means that the Warriors have a vendetta against the Rifts. That they but, seem to like at the beginning, they do see the tide turn and everybody's leaving mostly because the cops are breaking it up. But like they have to notice Cleon going directly into the middle of the. Yeah, and getting well. The thing that I don't killed. understand is that how how why would the rifts think that he would stand right next to all of them, mm-hmm. like after just shooting him? And to to me, that whole setup is just bad. Yeah, like I get capture him. Yeah, well, mob mentality too. I mean, like this, I can see it getting out of hand, but they just they didn't execute it. execute it very well. Yeah, and yeah, it, it seems goofy, doesn't it? Yeah, and we don't have real closure on what happens to him. Like we no. can assume that he's dead, that he's been killed they by the rifts. Just beat him to death. Yeah, and it's written that way in the script, but we don't actually ever see it. No, they just surround him and elbow him a bunch. Yeah, after he whoops the fuck out of a few of them. Yeah, out of the, the rogues. Yeah, that's he right. He beats the fuck out of them. Yeah. They, he could have fought their whole gang. Yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. Uh, so the so Fox dies here, and this is a really this is kind of a poor part in the editing of this movie because they do this slow motion uh, roll between Fox and the cop, and Fox gets like thrown into the train. But as they do this, they they keep cutting back and forth between like he's way closer to the track and he's way further back, and they yeah. like a couple. It's like it's not quite executed, but Fox dies and nobody sees it, and then. I, you know, I'm 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 sad because I like Fox, but then I'm I'm immediately taken out of this the drama of the situation because the baseball gang shows up, the yeah. Furies show up, and and I'm like, these guys look fucking goofy. Yeah, they, well, they have kiss makeup on. They have kiss makeup on, like they and it's multicolored. Yeah, and they're in baseball outfits, and I'm like, this is too much for a gang. Yeah, like one or the other, like leather. I get chains, like other stuff. Like, yeah, be in baseball outfits with spiked bats, but not. Don't paint your face. Well, okay, so I was I've been thinking about this and I think that when you dress up one of the gangs as a baseball team and they're just wearing regular baseball outfits without any other identifying feature, it's just like it literally you're just if I would have maybe been less ridiculous but it would have also seemed like there was just a baseball team that was also a gang. Like, <laughs> it would have just been like, okay, and our fucking intramural college baseball team is a gang, too, and we're here to buzz heads, and <laughs> next, we're tough. Next up, the bat is Toe Busser. Yeah, I was like, maybe they could have incorporated some sort of, like, padding, or we. they were just like, just paint their fucking faces. And uh, uh, Walter Hill, the director, he was a big Kiss fan. He, I think he wanted to incorporate that sort of, that yeah. style of makeup, His show didn't work. It did not. His show didn't <laughs> it work. It goofy as fuck. Yeah, his show took me right out of the movie. Um, but again, that's a little bit anachronistic on my part. And during this fight, I want to make special mention about, like, we have, this is, this is the moment where Ajax is just like, uh, Cal- was- he should, well, he, he's, he, he's running with Cowboy away from them at, at first. Cowboy's like, I can't keep going. I'm short and I'm the stoutest one. <laughs> and yeah. he's just like, you sure? And then he's like, yeah, I can't. And he's like, good. I've been tired of running anyway. Let's fucking fight. So they are in a fight. Ajax is doing great. Cowboy is immediately getting his <laughs> you know, ass he busted. got knocked out immediately. Yeah, he immediately gets taken out. But then Swan shows up and he busts one of the the fivesies and he <laughs> fucking like he takes a bat and then his move. They cut to this move, which is a very unimpressive move. They show it like he he does it like fucking ten twenty times where he just holds the bat in both hands like he's bunting and just like blocks. Like he just lifts up the bat and blocks somebody. He's like tink 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 tink. And I was just like, do we have to get? This much coverage? Yeah, they need a lot of coverage. Of Swan just blocking people? Yeah. But Ajax does throw some fucking hands in this scene, No, too. he does. And the Warriors win this fight, like, easily. Five, five to 30. Yeah. Or something. They, they, like, beat the shit out of the Fivesies. I'm sorry, the Furies. Yeah. No, they're the Fivesies from now on. <laughs> but then, uh, they, as they're leaving, Ajax sees a grown woman in the park and then uh, tries to seduce her, but then... When she accepts his advances, he tries to rape her. And this seems really weird, though, because he's got this boyish innocence about him yeah. as as the seduction is going on, like this very... And she's being the, the, the aggressive one. Mm-hmm. And then when the... When, when he starts to, like, try to rape her, she handcuffs him to the bench. And then he... This is actually uh, well done because he looks like an animal. Mm-hmm. Like, his eyes are wide like a wolf that's been put into a trap. Yeah. And I feel like this is very intentional 
because he is like he is literally caught trapped and and it is is much like the same way as like an animal that got his leg caught in a trap. Yeah, like very feral movements if you're yeah. just like trying to rip his rip his oh, arm, off arm off the off fucking off to the, get at her. Yeah. To get at her and then to get at the other cops. Like he tries to fight the cops as he's still handcuffed to the to the bench. But then afterwards he can, he goes back into this sort of doe-eyed like boyish boyish. I think that's just that that actor's face. He just has huge eyes. Yeah, he does. He have, he has gigantic eyes. And I'm trying to what is what is his name? And he's gone on to be the most successful. Oh, for sure. James Remar is his name, who plays Ajax. But yeah, he's it is weird. He's just like I'm gonna seduce you, but like rape also is not off the table for me because I yeah, am it a was bastard. So unbelievably aggressive. Yeah, I couldn't believe. Like, I mean, well, I could believe it from his character because he's already like proven multiple times. He's just like, yeah, I want to get some trim. Ah, I wouldn't mind stopping on the way back for some trim. Yeah, yeah. and like when they first meet Mercy, he's just like, "I'll give it to you, honey." That was such a weird scene too when they're on the they're on the subway after Mercy. Swan's a piece of shit too. He's like, "Yeah, she might like if we ran train on her." Yeah, what the I was fuck? like, "What the fuck, Swan?" But also like, it's it's weird. She's just like, "Maybe I wanted to get in some real action tonight." When they're on the subway when she first meets them, and Ajax is just like. I'll give it to you, honey. But he says it like it's weird. I think it's just because he's very young and has like maybe not that much acting experience. Like there it's like it's almost like in that line it's like he's taking pity on her. I don't know. It's There's some fucked up. It's a weird it's a weird look he has. Yeah. The Warriors does not do great with women. No. <laughs> no. They do they do great in a lot of other ways. They do great in a lot of other ways, but not with women. They you're, well, there's only one. There's one, but then also with well, the, there's Lizzies. The, Lizzies. There's the Lizzies. And the Lizzies are well, just... Well, the Lizzies have... Well, hold on now. Let's take a look at this. They <laughs> they take back their power. They take back the night. You know, the Lizzies have guns and, and weapons. Yes, and they, all of which they fail to use. Well, they try. They do they use, use them, them, but they fail while using them. Well, the warriors are great warriors. <laughs> you know, and they escape. They escape their clutches. So that is what happens next is the warriors... Um, they, they've been split up now. Ajax has been caught. Um, Swan pairs off with Mercy, and they have this romantic thing kind of happen. Um, but yeah, it's a real, like, negging situation, though. Like, Swan, Swan is just like... He's like, I'm just going to kind of generally be a bastard to you. Yeah. And you follow me around. This and is some eventually... of the best... Yeah, it's some of the, like, best attempt at really good writing in the movie is, like, when when they get some alone time, Swan and Mercy, there's a great bit of, like, domestic kind of class dread where, she's, where she sees... Mm. She's like, I see what happens next door, like belly hanging, um, six kids quarreling around, like yeah. roaches in the cupboards. Uh, and then mix that with an existential like determinism um, about how she's going to like, she only gets this one life, which equals out to a beautiful kiss with um, passing train lights behind them. Yeah, that shot is really good. You know, so like that, that whole line and that whole sequence with them works. I feel like if you put two better actors in there and you give them that dialogue... Uh, this scene is even better. Yeah. Well, and, and through this, through the whole thing, like, Swan is never the one to start the fight. Right. Swan is, like, he's kind of a grudging leader, and you see that this all is taking its toll on him as as a person. So, like, he is, and he's he's the one who's yeah. going through, with Mercy, he's kind of going through this weird, he's, like... He's got a dynamic character. He's actually growing. Yeah, and he he is going through this, this kind of existential... Awakening, where he's like just kind of learning, where now he's become kind of top of the heap in his little one little gang right, yeah. in Coney Island, and but he's like even when he sees the the potential power in all the gangs banded together, he just does not seem that excited. He about doesn't it. seem impressed by the whole idea of being in a gang by the end of it. So, yeah. so the Lizzies try to take them out, they fail. The punks have a fight scene in the bathroom. Which with our with our boy Billy Billy Bob Billy, who who, who rolls around on, and again this is another shot that takes me out of the movie because like when somebody comes rolls around on roller skates they're not scary even no. when you put the cool music behind him yeah it's not scary it, for so many reasons it's not scary maybe it was scarier back then but but I still feel like back then if somebody rolls up on you with roller skates and like with a switchblade you just like duck down and take their legs out yeah like rollerblade if you're on roller skates you can't fight someone who's on their who's not on roller skates there's honest to god no reason for him to be upright within 30 seconds of their fight beginning none like, and he should never get back up yeah because when they do they they put him on roller skates i understand because he's much shorter than his other 
the other guys in the Billy Billy Much Pongs. shorter, because he's the only one who was on roller skates. And the other guys are huge. Yeah. There's one guy who is enormous. Yeah, he's a giant. He's like fucking 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, they, they line him up against the bathroom stalls, and the guy is standing in one of the shots. You can see he can clearly look into the bathroom stalls. He's peeking. He's looking at them. He's peeking right before the Warriors' <laughs> big surprise attack. Yeah, so he sees it coming. And then still gets d- greatly fucked up by it. He's like, very stupid. He's very dumb. He's very dumb. He's, he's, the size comes with a cost. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the fact that he can't process things at more than like one frame per second. Yeah, he, he could have turned to the rest of the punks and be like, hey, hey. they're about to attack us. Yeah, in there with cans <laughs> of paint. Yeah. And you need to... Hey, watch out. Hey. Wait, how do, how do the giant people talk that Adam Driver kind of talks? The, the huge, huge guy voice. A huge guy voice. <laughs> <laughs> they were new one. They were trash. <laughs> they abandoned you like trash. It's like so weird. It's, it comes out on vowels mostly yeah. where like your vocal cords actually they have to extend a little bit. Trash. Yeah, even if you talk up, like if you yeah. up speak a little bit, it still comes out when you're just like trash. And you're like, they abandoned you like trash. <laughs> like trash. It's like all of a sudden you're fucking Robert from Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> like, it's like the opposite of, of uh, Hayden Christensen. It's just like, <laughs> they were animals. So I slaughtered them. Like the animals. Not just the, not just the men. Women. Children. Children. I hate them. <laughs> we hate them. <laughs> All right. So. That they, was fun. What were we talking they, about? They, they beat the punks. They get back on the train. And now they're going home and we get into act three, which is the closing of the film. Yeah. Um, and this is another great um, part of the movie. One thing, though, really quick, the scars, like the makeup artist did a really bad job. Yeah. Like, these scars do not look real at all. Like, they're very fake. Like, it's clear as day that these are in, made to look like scars. Yeah. And they're not real scars. The dried blood doesn't look good. But, I mean, you know what? Maybe it was a case of, like, Walter Hill just took they, – the editors chose a take that the makeup artist – or the – Hadn't reapplied. I don't know because it happens so consistently. Yeah, like, it looks bad. Looks bad. It looks <laughs> it, bad. It's like party city level shit. Yeah. Um, like especially on Swan. Swan is supposed to get because Swan yes, takes a his, pretty bad yeah. beating. Yeah, in his the thing bathroom. on his cheek just really doesn't work. Yeah, and I mean, uh, well, and who, he could have wiped the blood off his lip. You don't have to get, leave dried blood on someone's lip for like an hour and a half. <laughs> like, they would have wiped it off their face by then. Who's little buddy? The little the little guy, he's kind of he's kind of effeminate. He, Rembrandt? Rembrandt. Rembrandt he takes uh, he takes a wound when they're escaping the Lizzies, and then he they just wrap a scarf around his arm. Yeah, yeah. And for the rest of the movie he's just kind of like holding his arm limply. I was like, this is terrible. Well, at least they remembered that he had a wound. <laughs> That's true. They probably, it was easy to remember, I'm sure, because the actress who plays Mercy in one of the scenes where she and Swan are running hand in hand through the subway, Swan falls down, and in, in one of the takes, he forget, he just didn't let go of her hand as they were falling and broke her wrist. <laughs> and so that's when when she shows up with the jacket after she's gone for a little while, and she's just like, I stole it. Cops are looking for a girl with a pink shirt. I was like, that was some quick thinking because yeah. they had to put her in a jacket to cover up her fucking cast. Yeah. I'm sure it was easy to remember arm issues after that. We, uh, we get a great moment of class distinction again on this train. Um, and that's when – and this is actually, again, a shining moment in the film that, like, really is good and works. When um, they sit across from, like, a group – that had just come from like a disco, like some mm-hmm. two couples that had come from a disco. It I looks they're, like they're prom prom couples. prom couples in some glorious seventies tuxedos. Yeah, and and they and they and they're sitting across from Swan and Mercy, who are tired from running all night. They're dirty. They're poor. Their hair is a mess. Beat to shit. They're beat to shit. And the couple stops laughing and they look at them. And Mercy goes to like try to fix her hair, and Swan doesn't break eye contact with the couples across from him on the train and just puts her hand down yeah. to show that, like, don't be ashamed of who you are. This is who we are. They're no better than us. Don't look away from them and don't try to change yourself for, for them or for society. Yeah. And it's a, it's a really great moment. Um, and then when they follow it up, they keep this great momentum that they've, this character development they've, they're doing with, like, Swan saying, like, this is what we fought all night to get back to. Because yeah. um, he sees Coney Island. From Coney Island. Yeah, and he's like, this is bullshit. I would feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't need a fucking hot dog right now, okay? 
I've been fighting all night to get back to this Ferris wheel and this tourist trap piece of shit town. Yeah. No. I got to go. But it shows that Swan is growing out of the Warriors. Yeah. Like, he's growing out of this gang lifestyle, that he wants something more, and he has a great actor, you know, little bit of dialogue with Mercy, and she's like, I want to go too. And he's like, you don't know about traveling. She's like, yeah, but I know I'd love it. And he's like, come on. Man. Yeah. Well, and the whole night, he's really seen the all the worst potential endings for his life. I think yes. He stays in the Warriors. Like, just basically, like, his life got fast forward pressed on it and he sees like his friends die or get arrested yeah. or, and just like get all wrapped up in a bunch of dumb shit with like beef with other gangs which is all that was going to happen in the, in the future for him if he stays with the warriors like yep. you just have beef with other gangs that's what gangs do and he's just like oh this is lame as fuck and so he he grows mm-hmm. and then we get our famous line warriors <laughs> Come out to play. Warriors, come out to play. And it actually gets, it, it's it's lame until the fourth time. Yeah, when like he's the, just screaming when it. When he's screaming and his face is red and his eyes are like bloodshot. Like, yeah. that's when it actually is terrifying. Yeah, and you ignore that he's lobster clawing some bottles with yeah, his hand. Yeah, like, but it t- it actually worked eventually. At yeah. first I was like, this is stupid, this is stupid, this, and I was like, oh, he's actually kind of scary. Well, that's, that's Luther's whole character, right? Yeah. Like, we see him eating candy and then freaking out and then, like, having a little giggle and, like, talking on the phone like a little kid and then fucking, like, freaking out and being violent. Like, he, he is, uh, he's, like, a psycho with arrested development. Yeah. He's also little as fuck. He's very small. He's so tiny. Um, this last scene doesn't work, though. So they, they take him down <laughs> no. to at all. First of all, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Because um, Swan's like, follow me. Or something like, just stay behind me. I'm taking him out to the beach. And I was like, they all are at the beach. It's like, what do you mean? You're all going to stick together. It just feels like a weird way of saying that. And yeah. then, well, and then they're all right there. Yeah, they're all right there. And, and then Luther, you know... He's like, you're crazy, man. You're dead. And then he, he takes him out with his quick draw knife technique. Yeah. And then Luther, but he gets a shot off on the gun. But he misses everyone. I was like, he's there's a wall of people in yeah, front of him. Yeah, you, he's got to hit something. I thought like when I first saw this, this wasn't the first for this podcast watching it. I wasn't. It wasn't the first time I saw it. But when I initially saw the Warriors, I was like, oh, mercy die. That's what I yeah, thought. Was yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I'm glad they didn't do that because honestly, the stakes weren't high enough between her and Swan for that to really be meaningful at the end. Right. And also, the Warriors, like, it was scripted for more of them to die, but only one of them dies. Well, actually, two: Cleon and then Fox later on. Yeah. But like, so many of them survive. It would have been kind of cheap at the to very end to kill the woman, to kill the woman, or to kill any of the other Warriors at the very end. Because they've made it. Yeah. They're, they're home. They got base. Like Cochise even says. He's like, I figure once we once we see the ocean, we we good. Yeah. And he's just like, we got we got base. Yeah, we got base. Fucker, you get out of here. Yeah. And and then he takes it with a knife, and and then um, the rifts show up, and and they know because somebody ratted on um, fucking Luther and the rogues. Okay, so somebody does rat on them. Yeah, that was a guy earlier. Like earlier, there's a scene where the rifts bring bring uh, this guy to Masai, and they're like, "Hey, somebody's got something to tell you." Oh, and it's okay. a guy from the Rogues. Apparently, he looks like he was in the Rogues. He's, he might have been. He's turned coat. He's turned coat, and <laughs> but then Luther like dissolves into this like, no, not us. Oh, as soon as he gets the knife yeah. in the arm, he's like, oh, yeah, <coughs> oh, which which I don't really like. It, it undermines a lot. It makes him such a little pussy wimp. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess you, you can make your villain this sniveling, like, little nasty creature. Yeah. Well, he's he's been, though, this, like, intimidating, like, reckless, unpredictable. Right. Psychopath. Too, psychopath. The whole movie. Drug adult, too. Yeah. Because he was, like, sweating constantly. Yeah. And, like, definitely just clearly trying to act like he was on cocaine. Yeah. Like, and... Uh, yeah, it's it it is a very harsh turn for him. At it the doesn't end. work. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't work because you you undermine a lot with that, and it, and it just it looks weak and pathetic. And I don't know. It just was a turn that didn't work. Uh, it didn't make any sense. Um, but that's the end of the movie. And then yeah, the warriors get off. They they're like, "You warriors are good, real good." And yeah. then Swan gets to say, "The best." Yeah, which is like 
you know, fine. Um, yeah. I'm in the cult, though. I, 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 I'm in the cult for the Warriors. How about you? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm in the cult. I like this movie. It's, it's again, it's a, it's a bad, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's like a bad meal with a really great piece of meat in the, in the, in the, in the middle of it. Like, I feel like it's got a lot good going for it. For me personally. Yeah, I mean the meat is good. Yeah. The meat, the, 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 all the foundations of the movie are good. We are. You know, we're we're hampered by some bad acting. Yeah. By a, I mean, not a super low budget. I think it was like a, six, six seven million. Six seven million seventy nine. It's pretty good, but like, we we had there just some major ADR issues. There's some script issues. Yeah, yeah. Like there's it's there are certain elements of this movie that keep it from being like you. It that's why it's a cult classic. It's because there's a good movie buried underneath a couple of layers of stank. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and like, yeah, like I said, I love the way it was co- composed, the shots. I love the wi- the use of wides and all the effort and work that took to do to pull off. I love the lighting design. Um, I love the direction. Uh, I loved some of the acting. Actually, I think a lot of it was bad, but some of it was good. Yeah. Um, but well, and we have yet to mention the ultimate gift that this movie has given us, which is. The song "In the City" by Joe Walsh. Yeah, but you cannot play that song. I'm not going to play. Oh that yeah, song. I was. Gonna I say. just wanted to make sure that I got the name right, which is why I brought it up on Spotify. Okay, because I've been bumping it all day because it's a fucking banger. It is a banger, and it far you know it will it will go on forever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but some of the moments like Billy Bob on the roller skates and the baseball furies, they fivesies please. the <laughs> the fivesies takes me out of the movie. Yeah, it's um, it is, it's fine. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's good. It's no, good. It's, it's good. Dude. It's good. It's good. It's 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 just yeah. There's some really hard <laughs> turns that it takes that keep it from being great. But yeah, I, I'm in the cult, and, and you know we can we can we can watch Warriors again. Well, that is all for the cult of classics for this week. Uh, be sure if you want to donate to this podcast and our other podcast, Tap Snaps, to go to Patreon.com/slash/TapSnaps. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, listen for new episodes every Friday and check out Tap Snaps every Thursday. Thank you.